to the Inner Ray Podcast. In this podcast, we discuss how relationships are the most meaningful part of life. Join us every week to hear inspiring stories of people living through their inner ray. We invite you to find the radiant, authentic energy that lives inside you to make your life and relationships easier. Hello, everybody. Hello. Welcome to another week of the Inner Ray Podcast. Today, we are going to be talking about getting in sync. I'm Katie, and I'm so excited to be here with you all. And I'm Erin. And before we dive into this amazing episode and topic, I do want to mention that we have an opportunity to get in sync with us at our annual retreat. It's coming up in November. So go ahead and mark off your calendars, November 9th to the 13th. It is going to be in Carmel by the Sea, which is on the Monterey Peninsula in California. It's where Katie lives. And it's a beautiful location. We'll have more details coming soon about the retreat, but we wanted you to go ahead and save the dates. You know, some of you are planners out there, so (laughs) put it in your calendars. I'm going to pass it back over to Katie to warm us up to today's topic. Thanks, Erin. I'm so excited to have you guys in Carmel by the Sea. So, Why are we talking about getting in sync today? Another question is, do you ever feel out of whack or feel out of sync? I know that we do and we have. And in fact, the other day we were feeling that, which is what led us directly into this topic today. With that, I'm going to start with a little bit of a story. I open up every single morning the same way. And that is syncing with my heart. And I put my cute little butt down in front of my altar Before I continue the story, I'm just going to say a little bit about the altar. (laughs) When I talk about altar, a lot of people think religion. I want you to know that when I'm speaking about this, and I know Aaron feels the same way, we're really just talking about an intentional space to commune with yourself and with your dreams. Now, I'm going to keep going. I sit down on my altar every morning and I write whatever is alive in my heart. And this time I use to really ground me into my sacred intimacy. I see it really as the soil for my soul where my words, whatever I'm writing, becomes the water for all the seeds that I'm planting in my life. It's a really beautiful way to honor a commitment to myself, build capacity within myself to deal with challenges, things that are going well, things that aren't, places I feel out of sync and out of whack and where things aren't in alignment. It gives me a chance to really flex my emotional muscles and and tune back into my internal world. And figure out a way to come back into alignment. With that personal example of a sync, there are also many other different ways that we can use syncs in relationship. We can use it as a couple's check-in. We can use it as a weekly family meeting. It can be a meeting with your coach. It can be a meeting with an acupuncturist. Can be a weekly team meeting. All of these syncs are examples of ways to build confidence within yourself and also build trust and ultimately helps build commitment, capacity, and connection within a relationship, which leads to deeper intimacy, which is really what we are all about. So, with that, Aaron, I wanted to pass this off to you and ask you a few ways that you have used this getting into sync with clients and how impactful it's been in their lives. 
Yes. Awesome. And thank you for clarifying what an altar is. Mm -hmm. I think I mentioned it in a previous episode and I had that thought of like, oh gosh, I hope people don't think I'm like sacrificing things in my head. (laughs) That is kind of the more traditional definition. But like Katie said, for me, I'll just address that quickly. My altar is a place where I commune with myself Mm -hmm. and with my connection to my sacred intimacy. Mm -hmm. So I do talk to clients about creating intentional space, whether they want to call it an altar or not. It might be their favorite chair in their home where they Mm -hmm. drink a cup of tea and they journal and they do a considering all dimensions check-in. I think my favorite, it's hard to say favorite, two of my favorite ways (laughs) to help create synchronicity within relationships are with couples and with families. So Mm -hmm. I'll talk about that a little bit. The couples intensive that I do or the couples work that I do, Mm -hmm. most often this portion is done in an intensive format, is an opportunity to create two different forms of synchronization. The first one is I help couples collaborate on creating the coupleship or the family values, Mm. right? So it creates this baseline that they can go back to and check back in on. After we create it, they might commit to connecting back into it a month later, six months later, a year later, it becomes this place they get to say, are we aligned with our values, right? Great way to sync up in a coupleship or in a family system. Mm -hmm. The other thing I do with couples And honestly, I do this with families. It's just a little bit different when I do it with a family is I help them create these weekly meetings. So Mm -hmm. if you're listening and you are a couple that has worked with me, you're probably like either laughing or rolling your eyes right now. But I'm a big, big fan of weekly meetings. And this is what usually gets the buy-in from the couples I work with. If you commit to meeting weekly and having some kind of framework, I give them a framework, but you can Mm -hmm. adapt it to whatever feels like it's within the energy of your coupleship. Mm -hmm. Um, If you commit to doing this weekly, the benefit, the immediate benefit of doing that is that you put boundaries around conflict. You put boundaries Mm -hmm. around logistics and the business part of just cohabitating and Mm -hmm. collaborating with someone and compromising with someone day in and day out. You give a time and space to work that stuff out. Mm -hmm. Then you get the freedom to just be a couple during the rest of the week, to be mom and dad, to be husband and wife, to be Mm -hmm. boyfriend, girlfriend, you know, to be business partners, whatever it is that we're talking about here, to be family members. And a lot of times in coupleship, because we are often drawing in relationships that are an opportunity to Mm -hmm. have a different experience with a certain wound that we have from the past. Mm -hmm. So a lot of times when couples come to me, they're like, Oh, we're we're triggering each other all the time. And, Mm. you know, there are all these below the belt things happening. And a lot of therapists or a lot of helpers or healers, they want to go right into those triggers. Right. Mm -hmm. And yes, that's important. I'm not saying that ultimately those things don't need to be addressed. But the first thing I ask them is, you know, do you guys have intentional time and space where you sit down and you talk about the week that's just Mm -hmm. transpired and the week ahead? Mm -hmm. You have time and space where you check in holistically using, Mm -hmm. well, they're not going to use considering all dimensions, but I give them that as an example. Like, are you checking in emotionally, physically, intellectually, 
spiritually, financially, relationally, are you doing those kinds of check-ins regularly with each Mm -hmm. other, you know, nightly, weekly, monthly, and more often than not, if a couple's coming to work with me, they're not doing anything like that. Cause like I've said many times, no one gave them the handbook on marriage. No one right. gave them the handbook <laughs> on how to be in a relationship. Very quickly, I help them not only do it in the intensive, but then set up a weekly commitment. Mm-hmm. And some couples do it nightly because mm-hmm. it's so helpful. And what I find three months later are the couples that are even sometimes a month later, these couples that were super high conflict, that if they're both committed, it's like they come back on the call and I'm like, hey, what's going on? Well, we're getting along much better. We yep. haven't had a fight in three weeks. Mm-hmm. And, you know, because there are so many fights and I, I wrote this down, so I'm going to yeah. go back to it. If you're fighting about that kind of stuff, like who's taking out the garbage, who's picking up your kid from school, who's responsible for laundry. If you're fighting about that all week, that's not really what you're fighting about. Right. Like, like there's something deeper that you're actually fighting about. It's just coming out in that conflict, right? So if you can clean up the drama and the chaos of the basic logistics of being in relationship with people. What you're left with is when you do get triggered, it's a meaningful trigger right? that goes much deeper and you can actually get to the source of what is really going on in the dynamic. And you're totally. not fighting about, you know, the laundry, who's cooking dinner, all those things. And then mm-hmm. you can create growth rather than further chaos and pain. Mm. Anyway, I've gone a little bit down a rabbit hole here, but my point is creating synchronicity, mm-hmm. getting into sync, getting on the same page in a relationship removes so much conflict. Mm-hmm. Now it doesn't remove it all. It no. doesn't make relationships easy. It just makes them easier. Yep. And then what you're left with is more meaningful conflict. And the great thing about meaningful conflict is that if it's handled in a respectful way, which is something I also go through in, mm-hmm. in these couples intensives, I give people a little handbook on ground rules for conflict and connection mm-hmm. and all of that. If you're handling conflict in a respectful, meaningful way, you always have more intimacy mm-hmm. on the other side of that. So getting into sync, getting onto the same page as a couple, as a family, in work environments, you know, if you're finding yourself running into the same problems with an employee or with a boss or with a coworker, taking that intentional time to have this neutral check-in. So mm-hmm. it's not as confrontational, right? Because if you don't have these touch points built into the system, mm-hmm. then you're only going to do it when something's wrong. Right. And then the act of addressing conflict becomes stressful. Whereas if you have these consistent routine, if you're practiced at checking in with someone, then the check-ins don't have to be so stressful and you don't have to wait until there's an explosion or something is over to address it. Totally. Aaron just gave us a beautiful example. And so I'm going to bring us up a little bit and reflect back what I heard as the key takeaways. One, the importance of rhythm and ritual, creating a container that you are consistently coming back to in a certain rhythm that has the ritual around it. Two, when you create that container, you are giving yourself a way to deal with the practical things of the relationship so that in between you have more space to play, 
and be free and have fun with yourself and with your partner, with your family, with your coworkers, whatever that may be. I also heard that these containers create space for you to build capacity in your nervous system to deal with conflict. A lot of the times, like it is hard. It's, it is triggering to talk about things that are painful. But ultimately, if we have a space to process or metabolize our pain, it doesn't get compounded quite so easily. And therefore, our nervous system doesn't get quite so afraid to dive into these things. The other thing I'm hearing is in between these sinks, it gives you a playground to work on yourself and to tend to your own inner world, to tend to your emotions, to really dive into your own practices so you're not ruminating before your next sink, right? And it really gives you a chance to build your sovereignty and build your autonomy, start to build trust and confidence with yourself internally. It's funny because as you were sharing that story, my alarm went off and my alarm was going off for meditation. I do this, it's called the triple flame meditation. And so I do this three minute meditation at 9am, 12pm, 3pm, 6pm, 9pm. And it's a beautiful way to discipline my mind and just release all these thoughts that like to jump in that I'm learning to tune to and become aware around. It was just a beautiful example of the different ways that we can create bigger containers, smaller containers, containers of all shapes and sizes to help us deal with life's challenging moments so that we can more easily flow through our days and have fun mm -hmm. and create space for the things that really are meaningful. And so we mentioned a holistic check-in. We mentioned considering all dimensions. This is a beautiful place to bring that back in around how we can create sinks around each of the dimensions. And we were talking about this before around, Erin, how you're reorganizing and, and thinking creatively about your weeks. And so I'm curious if you maybe want to give that example for everybody, because I think it's a really good example of how we can create a sink. Like for me, I have a sink every single day with my physical body and it is working out in some way. I obviously talked about a sink with my emotional and spiritual world within my example that I gave at the beginning, but I wonder if you wanted to, to jump onto that. Yeah. So that's an example for me of a creative intellectual sink. Mm -hmm. um, I know for me as a recovering workaholic and mm -hmm someone who was working a full-time job and running a company until mm -hmm. December, I feel like finally my nervous system has rebalanced a bit mm -hmm. and I'm feeling energy again and really ready to take on and, and grow this business. And one of the things I was noticing is it's it's kind of like, well, I'm going to give another story really quick, which yeah. I was going to give later in the episode, yeah. but I'm going to do it now. Yeah. So if a kid wants to play, right? Mm -hmm. In order to feel safe playing, um, they have to know that there is an authority figure or a structure to hold them. Yep. So using the, the illustration of when a kid goes out to bike or play with their friends or be creative, they know at a certain point their mom is going to ring the dinner bell, right? Mm -hmm. so if they're out on a summer evening playing with their friends, eventually they're going to get the call from mom. Hey, it's mm -hmm. time to come home and it's time to have dinner. Yep. And if the mom didn't do that, then they would literally be thinking the whole time that they're trying to play, oh my God, well, when is dinner going to happen? Yeah. When do we need to come home? What time is it? It's like, they're always going to, they're going to be having these intrusive thoughts mm -hmm. of like, where's the structure and the safety? Right. Right. So 
if you take that same idea and apply it to creativity or to anything within yourself, in order to allow my nervous system to relax, I need to have containers and people talk about binning their time, right? So -hmm. what I've been practicing doing is Monday is my operations day. Mm -hmm. I'm reviewing what are the operations in the business that are working? Mm -hmm. What new implementations do I have to do? Is there something I need to research? Is there something Mm -hmm. I need to tweak or fine tune? Then the rest of the week, when something operationally comes up as an intrusive thought, I can write it down on my operations to do it. And I can know that, well, I'm going to address it on Monday. So that thought that keeps jumping in while I'm trying to record a podcast, I can just write that down and move on, Mm -hmm. right? Wednesdays are going to be my creative days where I get to really drop in and create. And that's intentional because also the podcast episodes come out on Tuesdays and I like to create content as connected to the episode. So I'm structuring this in a way that makes sense. Thursdays are my financial days, Mm -hmm. right? That's the day that the money gets deposited in my account from Stripe. So (laughs) I have to take that time because for me, financial, yes, I would love to just not ever have to look at money and just live my life and trust. Mm -hmm. And all of that is real and true. And I believe in abundance in that way. However, in order to trust, I have to develop and cultivate that awareness. Mm -hmm. And I have to be an acceptance of Mm -hmm. what is going on with me financially so that then I can determine what actions I need to take. So these are examples of ways that I get to sync up with myself, sync up with my business, sync up with, I guess I talked about intellectual and financial Mm -hmm. in that one. You know, I'm a big fan of budgeting. Mm-hmm. But it's a balance, right? You don't totally. want to control and be rigid, but also spontaneity doesn't happen if there's no safety. Totally. Yeah, it's such a good example. And I think you also touched on emotional, right? Which is you've created a container that helps you deal with these feelings that come up and then how they show up in your mind, which is the mental, but also spiritual, another way too, because that's our connection to hope and fear. Okay, so there's this fear that jumps in. Ooh, okay, well, I have a list here that I can write these fears down in and I have a day or a time that I can engage with these fears or these hopes in a meaningful way where all of my awareness can show up into it. I also heard, obviously, that's a beautiful example of relational because you're relating to all different dimensions of your life with a lot of awareness so that you can show up with the deepest presence possible. And so what I was hearing as you were sharing that is all of this comes back to this journey from mindlessness to mindfulness. And mindfulness, the way I like to think about it, is just becoming aware of where your heart is, where your mind is. And if your feet are in the same place, if your hands are in the same place, and if there's something out of alignment, out of whack here, bringing your presence so that you can come into full alignment and bring all of your presence, all of your awareness into these spaces. And the more we can create rituals and practices around that, the better we'll be able to be present in our lives. Well, I want to name, if you're listening to this and you're like, well, I would have never thought of that. Well, Katie and I are coaches. So this is literally think about this stuff all day long. So this is where for me, I've recently hired some support for my business. Mm -hmm. I go to my own therapy and coaching. Mm -hmm. Uh, I have friends that I turn to, to work some of this out. So if I'm like feeling out of sync, sometimes it does require me getting an outside perspective because my chaos is overwhelming. Someone Mm -hmm. else's chaos does not overwhelm me. Well, sometimes it does, but typically... (laughs) 
somebody else's chaos is not overwhelming to me. So this is where like looking at your support and asking for help, which I know we talked about in last week's episode can be really helpful if you're feeling overwhelmed by the chaos and not even knowing where to start to sync up. Absolutely. And this, I think, even relates back to like New Year's resolutions. Sometimes when we don't have any structure or we don't have any sync in our lives, we try to do too much at once. And so this is just a gentle reminder and a gentle hug. If you're aching for more ritual in your life or more consistency in your life, start small so that you can commit to no matter no matter what excuse comes up, no matter what challenge comes up, you can show up to that one thing. And that will create a chain reaction to be able being able to create bigger and bigger containers for this. But and I think we can give them some like really simple examples. Like yeah. some we've already named in this episode, like one creating an altar or just an yep. intentional space that and I recommend putting it somewhere in your house that you have to walk by like mm-hmm. once or twice a day. Like because mm-hmm. my altar is literally between my bedroom door and my bed. So Mm -hmm. if I'm going to bed at night and I have not sat at the altar and done that, this little voice in me is like, you know, pulling me towards it, right? Totally. I wake up the morning and I see it. So that's one thing is creating an altar. Yeah. Two is literally put shit in your calendar. If I know every week, Tuesday at four o'clock, I'm going to be meeting with Katie to get into sync for, hey, how did the last week go? Hey, what's going on this this next week? And mm-hmm. let's get on the same page. I'm way more likely to do that by putting little things in my calendar Probably. and committing. If you miss that Tuesday at four meeting, when can you reschedule it? Else, yep. you know, elsewhere in the week. Yeah. So alter calendar. I think another thing is creating. When a client will say to me, like, "Well, I don't really have any consistency or any routine," I say, "What is one thing you do?" every day, no matter what. Mm -hmm. Sometimes while I brush my teeth. Okay. So let's start with putting up on your mirror with maybe an erasable marker or a post-it note or something like just putting something by your toothbrush that will remind you every day to do that check-in. So start with where you already consistent, because I bet we can go through your day and there's Mm -hmm. something that you're doing every day that you don't even think about anymore. Those are three easy ways to get started. Yeah. Beautiful examples of anchors that help our mind and our body rely or have trust in these rituals. I do that too. I was an athlete, been an athlete my whole life. And then I took a few years of just letting my body rest, but it started to make me really not feel good. And so getting back into this habit of really exercising my body and the way that I make sure that I remember how good it makes me feel is starting out every morning doing jump squats. And I say, I'm lined, I'm bold, all these different things. And I have a note on my refrigerator where I go through this. And this morning, I didn't want to do it. And I was like, Katie, commit. This is your sink. Do it. And I did it. And then I immediately felt better afterward. And that's a little beautiful reward network in my brain being like, see, doing that thing that felt a little bit hard feels really good. And that's going to prime me for my larger sink in the day where I come back and commune with my body and exercise it and help move my energy. So yeah, I love those anchors. And I want to also mention here that not everybody that's listening is going to require the same amount of ritual and routine. You know, for some people, like I am definitely more 
I'm more ritualized in my space. Mm. So one of the ways I ground myself is like, I'll do a sweep of the kitchen and I'll wash Mm -hmm. all the dishes and I'll put all the dishes away. For other people, that's not going to have that same impact. Mm -hmm. But maybe, you know, getting a walk outside is another way. Or maybe for somebody else, it's annual or monthly resets, right? Mm -hmm. So I just want to acknowledge that we're all wired differently. And so... What Katie's suggesting and what works for her and what I'm suggesting and what works for me, it is really important to trust yourself and know what is the amount of ritual or routine that works for you, because this leads into a pitfall of this topic that we were going to talk about, Mm -hmm. which is that sometimes if we're overly ritualized or we put too much on us, which Katie already mentioned, Mm -hmm. it can become boring. It can become stagnant. And then we no longer have that awareness. We no longer Mm -hmm. have that mindfulness. And so Mm -hmm. it's important to balance. Are we actually creating structure or are we being controlling, right? Yeah. Is spontaneity and mindfulness and presence happening with this ritual or routine? And if it's not, then maybe changing it up is really important. Maybe you're someone who needs routine, but you need to change it up. Exactly. So yeah. important to think about that. Yeah, that started to happen in my morning practice. And I had to sit down and I noticed I wasn't being fully present. So I had to figure out and be creative around bringing fresh energy into that space so that all of me could show up, which was honoring the intention and the commitment of the space in the first place. And so this is one of the really good topics and juicy things to dive into with a coach, honestly. And even as we're going through this, when you start to talk around about awareness, you become aware of things. Like I just became aware of myself saying totally as a way to sync with you with what you're saying. I'm like, yeah, I totally agree. But I was like, what a weird thing. And so just by bringing our awareness into these things of the different ways that we sync, we can start to create more space around what it is that we're doing and create a better action. So I can maybe start to choose a different word instead of of totally that is helping me put an exclamation point on points that I think you're making beautifully. So I just wanted to give that little example if you guys were noticing that. <laughs> well, and that's a perfect lead into this idea of in these examples we've been talking about syncing to yourself as an individual. Yeah. I did give some examples of syncing up in a coupleship. And also sometimes it can be relationally beneficial to notice what your partner, what your friend, mm. you know, what your children what your family system needs to feel synced up because like Mm -hmm. I might need to clean the kitchen to feel Mm -hmm. synced up, but my partner might need to get outside Mm -hmm. or they might really need to go to the grocery store Mm -hmm. uh, or somebody else might really need, you know, six hours of alone time. So it is not only important to honor that while you're listening, that you may have different things Also, the people in your life might have different things and learning what those things are and supporting each other is part of building intimacy as well. Mm -hmm. Ah, Amazing. I think before we dive into the last question, I'm just going to ask a few questions. So we're talking about syncing to maybe leave you with, write these down on a piece of paper and just sit with them. And, And it could be a really good starting point for you as you start to think about how to create more space to sync with yourself and in relationships and with the people around you. So how present are you in moments when you're syncing with yourself or others? How can you bring more of your authentic self and your heart into these moments? How much awareness do you have in these moments? 
How much acceptance do you have? What actions are you committed to? And also what actions do you have capacity for? Aaron, do you have any other questions you want to leave everybody with? I would just say how how helpful is ritual and routine for mm. you and where is that balance for you and then also your loved ones knowing that everybody's a little different. Amazing. So as we close out this episode, Aaron, our question, dun, dun, dun. <laughs> name someone in the public eye broadcasting their inner ray, inspiring you to live your most radiant, authentic life. So I thought about who I wanted to speak about. Robin Breckenridge, she is a life and relationship coach and a recent guest. And the reason I'm picking her, there's so many reasons I could name her. But specifically, when she was on the episode, she reminded me of one of my own tools. (laughs) Um, We were originally trained in the same tradition. So we have some of the same or similar tools of just sitting down every day and checking in with the six dimensions, rating Mm -hmm. myself, what she was talking about. And I started doing it and it really brought a lot of comfort and structure and connection and awareness. And it was a commitment I made to myself and it, it helped me with just setting goals. And she also brought up the idea of separating out things into projects and tasks. Mm -hmm. And I don't know, something about connecting to her in that way, I just felt really safe and held through that conversation. And yeah, check her out. You can find her on Instagram at coach with Robin. You can go back a couple episodes and listen to the episode with her because it was an amazing episode while Katie was out of town. Not (laughs) cheating on you, Katie. You were just (laughs) on vacation. So yeah, I would highly recommend checking out Robin Breckeridge. Beautiful. Thanks, Robin. Thank you guys for listening. We hope you enjoyed today's episode and we'll yeah. see you next week. And if you enjoyed anything from this episode, you want to reach out, send us a message, share the yeah. episode. We would so appreciate it. Rate it on iTunes or Spotify. And we can't wait to see you next week. Bye guys. Bye. Thank you for listening. Our mission is to empower people to live their most radiant, authentic lives. If this sounds exciting to you, join our community by subscribing to our podcast, joining our email newsletter, following us on social media, or sending us a message to find out more. We would love to hear from you. See you next week.